individual uh, or a person uh, living out some really cool dreams or some amazing kind of adventure where they, they won the lottery and so now they're taking the money and they're doing something crazy with it, something that you just sort of outlandish. And then they, sort of they pose the question at the end, essentially saying, okay, now when you win your money, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do? What dream are you going to live out? So let's play, play along with me. Okay, let's assume uh, that you've just won the lottery. Couple million bucks, let's say that. You've won three million dollars. Uh, what would you do? Now, we'll just, we're gonna take like world hunger and violence and the water crisis. We'll take all of those kind of things off the table. So you don't have to worry about saving the world. You can just be selfish with your <laughs> three million. What are you gonna do? Tell me. Disneyland, like buy the whole place or just go? Just go, all right. Pay off student loans. Get out of debt. A $3 million yacht, just one shot, and then rent it out. Anybody else? What are you going to do with your... You're going to buy a neighborhood and bring all of your friends and family. You got better friends. <laughs> Not in Seattle. You can buy one house. One house, bring them all in. Okay, good. Anybody else? What are you going to do with your $3 million? You guys got to dream some more. So... Essentially, what, is, you know, what are we going to do with these dollars that we've got? What are you going to do with that? Uh, we've all heard the different stories about the guy that's walking along the beach or traveling through the desert, and he comes across, he stumbles across the genie bottle, right? And he picks up the lamp, and he starts to rub the lamp or the bottle, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> genie pops out. Well, one particular guy had that happen to him. He found the genie bottle, rubbed it, genie pops out, and the genie basically like, okay, I'm not your normal genie. The way it works, again, you don't have to solve the world, uh, any world issues, but you only get one wish. So you got to make it big. And, there, you know, you can't, like, add for more wishes, none of that. So just one great big wish. And so the guy's like, okay, one big wish. What am I going to do? And he's like, you know, I, I've always wanted to go to Hawaii, but I hate to fly. So he's like, okay, this is a big one. Could you build me a bridge that goes from Washington to Hawaii? And Jeannie's like, whoa. <laughs> that's a big one, right? I mean, that's like, that's 2,000 miles of open ocean, right? Amazing, huge depths. The, the amount of concrete, the amount of asphalt, the fact that we're going to have to put some gas stations along the way, like, he's like, oh, goodness, the genie's just scratching his head trying to do all the math and try and figure this out. And eventually he turns to the guy, he's like, I've never had to say this before, but that's just too big of a wish. It's impossible. I don't think there's any way that we can actually build a bridge that goes from, Hawa uh, from Washington all the way to Hawaii. He's like, guy, you're going to need to think of something new. So the guy's like, well, that was about all I had. Um, so he thinks, he's like, okay, the guy's like, here's the deal. Um, I'm married. I got a wife. I got two daughters. He's like, I, I, don't, understand these, I don't understand women. So he's like, could you, could you help, un help me understand women? It'll make my life so much better. <laughs> and the genie says, did you want two lanes or four? Today, on your way home, let's pretend you discover a genie bottle. Tell the person next to you, what would you do with your wish? What would you do? Tell the person next to you, on, what would you do with your wish? Oh, okay, sorry. Um, it's too, this is New Year's Day. I was up late. You were up late. I can't do all the work here. Okay, so turn to the person next to you. Tell them what you would do with your one wish. If a genie popped in and just said, whatever you want. Find a new preacher. Whatever you want, just tell them. There you go. There you go. 
good. You're getting into it. So the sad news. Sad news is I don't have a million dollars to give to any of you. I thought I had a genie bottle, but it was just an old gravy boat. So we got. But today is a unique day. Today is an opportunity that, that we don't normally get where we gather as a church. And so the question I want to ask you this morning is similar, but with a new year laid out for you, WWYD. Now, I know back in the 90s we were really into that question, but we did WWJD, right, for what would Jesus do? And the whole theme was you would just ask yourself that question again and again, what would Jesus do? And so when you found yourself in a situation or a circumstance, you would ask yourself, what, what would Jesus do? And then the goal was then to respond the way Jesus would, which is a great question. That's a solid approach to life. That's a great way for us to live. When we find ourselves in a situation, how would Jesus respond in this? But here's the deal. Jesus wants you to be you. Jesus doesn't want you to be him. Jesus wants you and I to become like him. He wants us to develop characteristics and perspective on life that are similar to his and to follow him in that way. But he made you to be you. Jesus made you to be the person that he wants you to be. So he doesn't want you to be Jesus. He wants us to be like him, but he wants you to be you. So the question isn't, what would Jesus do? My question for you this morning is, what would you do? What would you do if you had a brand new year just laid out in front of you? Because your situations and your circumstances, choices that you've already made in life, where you find yourself today, completely unique to you. Completely unique. And this morning, it's completely unique to any other time in your life. Because what's so incredible about today, what's so incredible about these opportunities, is that what you should do right now when you answer the question of WWYD, this morning it's completely different than what you would have said a year ago. In fact, it's completely different than what you would have said 10 years ago. Because life changes. And situations adjust. And so really, you and I should continually be asking ourselves, what would you do? In this situation, what would you do? And what's so amazing is, wherever you find yourself, God has got this incredible way of responding and providing you with exactly what you need and equipping you with exactly what he needs to provide for you to respond to whatever is in front of you. In fact, let me tell you two amazing stories. It wasn't that long ago that a gentleman started attending our church. This guy has to, happens to be really knowledgeable and skilled in, th uh, in dealing and working with concrete. So he starts coming to church, and he's just a part of the church, and he's here all the time. And da -da -da -da. All of a sudden, we start talking about the fact that we're getting ready to pour a new foundation for our new sign-out front. Uh, just to be honest, Elizabeth and I have no idea how to work with concrete. But that's what was about to happen. <laughs> and then this gentleman heard about it, and he asked himself a question. He simply said, WWYD? What, what would you do? And this guy simply decided, and he rallied, and he responded, and he went and he found some buddies that also work with concrete. And a crew of guys showed up, and a concrete truck pulled up, and they knew how to talk concrete, and they poured it in there. Bam, we got an amazing foundation for our new sign. You should take a look at it. We got a little bit of work to do left on it, but it is coming along, because one guy said, what would you do in that situation? He asked himself. We actually have a couple ladies that have started attending our church fairly recently, and they were, they were wondering and looking at the idea of how do I create relationships? How do, I, how do I get to know other people at Silver Creek? And they heard we had connect groups coming up, and they were excited about the fact, hey, I'm going to get to meet some other people. I'm going to join one of these connect groups, and I'm going to plug into it. Well, rather than just waiting, what they heard us start talking about is not only do we have connect groups coming, we're looking for connect group leaders. So these two different ladies asked themselves, what would you do? And so rather than just waiting for the new Connect Group catalog to come out, they both asked themselves this, and they decided to be proactive. 
And they responded. And not only are they going to be in a connect group, they've started a connect group. So when the new catalog rolls out, we're going to have two new connect groups simply because some ladies ask themselves, what would you do? So again, I ask you, with a new year laid out in front of you, what would you do? And oftentimes, there's the biggest obstacle, the biggest thing that gets in the way when we start looking at this kind of an idea is fear and doubt. Fear that we can't do it. Fear that it will cut into what we think we want to do or what we need to do. Doubt that God can actually make it work or doubt that the timing is right or doubt that we have the time. But typically, I've found that when God says, here's an opportunity, he's going to open it up and make it work for you. He's going to clear the way. He's going to present the things that you need. The details are going to work out. God opens up the path, and most of the time, he's just simply saying, I need you to step forward. I need you to move into this. It's an incredible story that takes up a lot of the Old Testament where the Israelites find themselves in slavery in Egypt. For hundreds of years, they're there, and God comes and says, I'm going to lead you out of slavery, and I'm going to lead you to the promised land. And he asked this guy named Moses, he said, I want you to be my leader. I want you to take these people to the promised land. So Moses leads them out of Egypt, and they start to wander around in the desert. They end up having to wander around for about 40 years, and Moses is their leader the whole time. Right before they go into the promised land, Moses dies. And a new guy steps in. A new guy gets called in to be the new guy. A guy by the name of Joshua. He's going to be the next leader. I think Joshua was a little unsure of whether or not that was the right plan. Like Moses has done a really good job. And now all of a sudden Joshua is about to be handed all of the leadership responsibilities. In Joshua 1-2, which is the sixth book of the Bible, we find the beginning of this conversation or the point at which God says to Joshua, here's what I want you to do. And Joshua is suddenly faced with the question of WWYD, what would you do? The verses are going to be on the screen. They're in your message notes. Here's what God says to Joshua. He says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I am giving them. This is an amazing chance for Joshua. He has an opportunity to be the guy that leads God's people into the land that God has promised to them. This is a big deal. This is a ton of responsibility. Joshua could have had all kinds of doubts, all kinds of fear. He could have been overwhelmed by the situation. He could have made up, God, I can't do this. I'm not available. Even in the middle of this incredible opportunity, Joshua easily could have said, no, no way, I'm not going there. He could have asked himself the question, what would you do? Run, right? Just like, yeah, good idea, God, I'm out. Which is really a possibility because just a couple of verses later, a lot of us love the verse where God, sa- where God says, be strong and courageous. Which means that probably for Joshua, he was feeling weak and fearful. Otherwise, God would be like, he's set. But he says, be strong and courageous. The time has come. The time is here. This is your time, Joshua. This is your moment to respond. And Joshua, in that moment, needed to consider WWYD. He had to wrestle with that question. And so again, I ask you, as you consider the idea of 2017 laying out in front of you, the time has come. This is your time. This is the moment for you to respond. So I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you in four areas to consider what would you do, WWYD, in 2017. Now understand there's way more than just four this is not the holy grail of New Year's resolutions. Um, and really, I'm not e- I don't even want to ask you to make a New Year's resolution. 
more than anything, what I want to ask you to do this morning, I want God to just speak to your heart. And I want you to be open to, as God speaks to your heart, I want you to respond to God. As God speaks to your heart, I want you to ask yourself, okay, what would you do? What would you do? God is directing me to do this. And over the next couple of weeks, we're going to dig into some more areas of this and challenge you again on WWYD. But this morning, as you think about this question, I just want to roll out four ideas. Four ideas for this next year for you to consider. And, and I think if you make one of these four or any of these four a priority in 2017, you're going to discover one of the best years you've ever had. So here's the first area that I want to challenge you in. I want to challenge you to pray more consistently. One of the most amazing advantages, amazing perks that you and I have for following Jesus is that we have the opportunity to talk with him. And I realize that for most of us, when we start talking about prayer, we start talking about being in a conversation with Jesus, we're like, it's a little one-sided, right? If you've spent much time in prayer, you feel like, I'm the one doing all the talking. He doesn't seem to be responding a whole lot. Because rarely and maybe never, most of us don't hear Jesus speak audibly. But the reality is, think about it a little bit more. That might actually be the best aspect of a conversation, is that we don't actually have to hear Jesus audibly. Right? And it's not because what he says is annoying. It's just, like, he's so much bigger than that. Jesus can speak to us through the Bible. Jesus can speak to us through other people. He can speak to us through our circumstances. And probably the most impactful aspect is that Jesus can speak directly to our hearts and minds. So that means in a crowded room, in a heated argument, in a silent library, Jesus can communicate. Jesus can speak to our hearts. He can speak to our minds. And if you and I are willing to pay attention, we'll be able to hear from him. But I'm convinced that in order for us to start to hear from Jesus, you and I have to be the initiator of the conversation. See, Jesus is an amazing gentleman, and he isn't just going to interrupt your life. He's waiting for you and I to initiate the conversation, to begin to tell him what we're thinking, tell him what we're struggling with, tell him what we're enjoying, tell him what we're planning. Tell him what you're unsure of. Tell him where you need help. Jesus simply desires for us to include him in each and every moment of our lives. And so oftentimes we think that prayer is this special formula or magic words. We've got to get it in the right order. We've got to jump through some holy hoops to make it happen. And Jesus is like, no, 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 no. Just, just tell me what's on your mind. Just, just tell me what you need. Where are you struggling? What are the temptations? And when you and I begin to converse with him, we simply we open up the conversation and we begin to allow our opportunity for us to begin to hear back from Jesus. The Bible gives us a huge challenge when it comes to prayer. This is what it says in the Bible. It says this. It says, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. This is a call to pray nonstop at all times in every moment. So this morning, if you're hearing me say pray more consistently, and right now you recognize that the only time you pray is before meals when your kids remind you, or in anticipation of the bonus at the end of the year, or for the test you forgot to study for, like praying at all times, that's kind of a big scary challenge, right? You're like, well, I'm not hardly praying at all. So just be willing to start where you're at. Just decide that wherever you're at right now and the amount you pray, you're just going to pray more consistently and more consistently could simply mean maybe you're not praying at all right now and so maybe praying more consistently is just deciding you know what i'm going to start each day and i'm just going to pray for a little bit that's more consistently maybe right now you are praying before every meal 
And you're like, you know what, I'm going to pray a little more consistently, and I'm going to pray when I wake up, I'm going to pray when I go to bed. I'm just going to tell God what's going on in my heart, what's going on in my mind. Maybe you're at a point where you've already started praying at a specific time every day, and you've created that habit. That's incredible. Keep it up. Maybe you've already got that, and so maybe for you, your next step is to move to the point where you're praying before every conversation. You find yourself entering into a conversation with whoever it is, and just simply at the beginning of that conversation, you say, Jesus, would you guide my words right now? Would you guide how I speak? Would you guide how I receive the words that they're going to say? And my challenge for you is, what would you do when it comes to praying more consistently? Don't worry about what other people should do or what other people might do. What should you do? What could you do this year to pray a little bit more consistently? Allow yourself to begin to see the value of communication with Jesus and decide you're going to pray more consistently. Two practical steps that I think could help us when we want to pray more consistently. And the first one is this. Set a daily time. Pick a time. Nail it down. Pick a time where you won't be rushed. Pick a time where your mind won't be consumed with all of your to-do list. Pick a time when your kids will be contained. When's their favorite show? I don't know. You know what? Pick a time when you won't fall asleep. I've discovered early morning prayer is horrible for me. Just extends my nights. <laughs> Figure out for you what's the best time of your day and set that up because here's the great news. Jesus is free all day. He'll show up. So then create a reminder, set an alarm, add it to your daily calendar, block it out. Tell the people that need to know so they won't expect you to be available. Be like, I'm going to be out for the next 10 minutes. And then most importantly, when you decide to pray more consistently and you set that time and you miss a day or you miss two days or you miss three days, don't give up. Don't consider it a failure. In fact, when you've missed a couple days, here's what I want you to think about. Imagine if one of your kids comes to you and says, Dad, i got to admit something. For the last three days, I've totally forgotten to brush my teeth. What would you do? What would you do if one of your kids said, I've totally forgot to brush my teeth for the last three days? Would your advice be, you know what, you're so off schedule with brushing your teeth, it's not, you're never going to catch up. <laughs> you're down three days, you should just give up, we're going to knock them out right now. No, what would you do? You'd, you'd say, get, well actually before you said get back to it, you'd be like, your breath is terrible. Go brush your teeth. And then do it again tonight, and then do it again tomorrow. And then, you know, like, we wouldn't be like, well, give up, you know. You better brush your teeth for three. Same thing with prayer. You miss a couple days, get back to it. Another great way to start praying at all times is pray every hour. We talked about this a couple months ago, and this idea of setting an alarm every hour or every half, you know, on the half hour, whatever it is. And so essentially every hour you just get on a little alarm, and in that moment you just remember, oh, yeah, I'm going to invite Jesus to be in this next hour. Tell him what you're doing. Tell him how, ask him how you want, he wants you to act, how he wants you to say things, what he wants you to choose. Jesus, in this next hour, would you just be with me? Use that as a reminder to include him in the moments, all of the moments of that next hour. And then if you forget the next hour, you're reminded again. Tell him what you're facing, what you're hoping for, what you need, what you want. Let him guide you. Let him direct you. Let him move you forward. Talked about that a couple of months ago. I've had several people come up and say, man, that is working so well for me. So what would you do to pray more consistently in 2017? Next area for you to consider, WWYD, is to give financially as Jesus directs you. I've mentioned this before, and I hope you eventually start to believe me. It kind of could be hard to believe. The church doesn't need your money. 
We thought about putting it on the sign, but it seemed a little weird. But the reality is this. The church doesn't need your money. We have bills to pay, sure. There's ministries to fund, yeah. There's lives to be reached for Jesus, sure. Jesus is going to take care of it. Jesus will use whatever dollars come in to transform lives. The dollars that you eventually give or that you give now will transform lives. But the life that is most transformed when you and I choose to give is our own. Because the moment that you and I start giving, it's a statement. It's a very tangible confirmation of saying, Jesus, I trust you. Jesus, the the dollars that you've provided for me in my life, you're going to make up the difference. I'm giving this back. Jesus, I'm trusting that not only are you going to provide for me, but the dollars that I'm now giving away, you can accomplish whatever you want to accomplish with this. It's your plan. Go for it. And what's so amazing is the amount that you give doesn't matter at all as long as the amount that you're giving is what Jesus has directed you to give. Just be open to it. If Jesus is directing you to somewhere, respond. Jesus was having this discussion with some church leaders of different people, and he was talking to these church leaders about people's hearts and about people's attitudes. He was talking about how a lot of people want to appear like they've got it all together or like they, they, they want to look good in front of other people. And we end up reading one of the more famous stories in the book of Mark. In the book of Mark, it says this, So Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple and watched as the crowds dropped in their money. That seems a little intimidating, by the way. As the offering bucket goes by, could you imagine if Jesus was just watching each of you? Wow. Anyway, okay. So a lot of rich people. We should try that. We'd have our biggest offering ever. Anyway, okay. Nah, we're not. Anyway. Okay, so many rich people put in large amounts. Then a poor widow came and dropped in two small coins. If you know the story, Jesus goes goes on to point out that the widow who gave just two small coins gave way more than the rich people ever came close to giving. Because ultimately, Jesus is like, listen, it's all about the heart. It's all about the attitude towards the money. It's the fact that she just trusted God, that he would provide and care for her and take care of her, even if she gave this what looked to be a small amount. Because financially, her, she was extremely poor and had extremely limited funds. But spiritually, immensely rich with unlimited faith. And so the concept to consider with this WWYD when it comes to the opportunity of responding is do you want to live a life that's spiritually fresh and experiencing faith on a whole new level? And it starts with where are you putting your trust? Are you trusting in your own money and in your own knowledge, or are you trusting that Jesus is going to provide for you by demonstrating to him, saying, okay, I'll, I'll just I'll give some back? And giving to him and, and allowing him to guide, and, and not giving based on what I say you should give, but what is Jesus saying that you should give? As you look at 2017 and you consider WWYD when it comes to giving, would you consider the giving challenge? Because at Silver Creek, we recognize this is a difficult thing to step into. We recognize that, that there's, there's a value or there's some benefit to having a little bit of security behind this. And we're convinced that Jesus is going to provide for you. He's going to care for you. He's going to bless you when you give. But we just offer a money-back guarantee in case he doesn't come through. So far, we haven't paid a dime. Because we're so convinced that Jesus is going to be faithful. He's going to bless when you respond as he directs. So we just back it up. So here's the challenge. It's four parts. Essentially, the first one is if you've never given to the church before, just give for the first time. And the amount doesn't matter again. It simply matters that you give the amount that Jesus prompts you to give. And sometime over the next three months, just give one time. 
whatever he prompts you to give. And the next part is if you've already tried that once, you've already given to the church once before in three months, then the next step is to just give consistently. And again, just allow God to direct you. What's the amount, Jesus, you would have me give? And the amount doesn't really matter. It's just critical that you're listening. And you're just not only listening to how much it is, you're listening to what the frequency should be. It's a great opportunity for you to begin that opportunity to pray and hear. Jesus, I want to give. What would it be? Dollar and frequency. Weekly, monthly, paycheck, whatever. Just ask and then respond to what Jesus says. And if you're already giving consistently, then the next step would be to give systematically. Rather than picking an amount, you're saying, God, what percentage would you have me apply to whatever it is that I've got? God, you've given it to me, and I'll just I'll give back to you. What's the percentage? We could go through the Bible. I think it's pretty clear that 10% is where God wants us to be. But again, it's up to you. What is Jesus saying? And then we take whatever that percentage is, and there's lots of people that would ask questions about that percentage. Like, what does it apply to? Does it apply to birthday gifts? Does it apply to year-end bonuses? Net pay, gross pay. Tax returns? You know what? Here's what I think. Rather than asking the question, which dollars should you tithe on? The question is better to ask yourself, which dollars do you want Jesus to bless? Which dollars do you want Jesus to bless? The dollars we would, which dollars do you want him to bless? And if that, whatever you want him to bless, tithe off of that amount. And then the last part of the giving challenge is to give extravagantly. If you've been giving systematically, and I think this is probably the most difficult one, is that every time or any time Jesus makes you aware of an opportunity, makes you aware of an amount, respond. And then with this excited anticipation, say, Jesus, over the next three months, if you bring a dollar amount in the situation to me, I will respond. And then just be ready to respond to any opportunity that Jesus brings. You're out in the giving challenge. Like, but the, the challenge, again, is what would you do? Remembering that the key to this whole thing, the key to the giving challenge, the key to giving, it's not about your money. It's about your heart. It's a great way for you to self-check of your relationship and your trust with Jesus. Because when our hearts are at a place where we're trusting Jesus, where we're responsive to what, he di- what he's calling us to do, then we give when he directs us to. And we trust that he'll respond and provide ways that, that we're giving back and, the, and that difference that we're creating there. It's a perfect way to pray and listen and learn and respond. So again, the question is, WWYD when it comes to giving in 2017. Two more areas. This next one's not going to surprise you at all, but the challenge would be to read your Bible daily. What a remarkable gift that God has given us. An amazing way for us to hear God's character and understand how directing us to live and, and how we can make the most out of our life. Jesus makes a pretty strong argument for the value of God's word. He says this, Jesus says, but Jesus told him, he was speaking to Satan, he says, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now notice, and I'm really excited about this, Jesus didn't say you don't have to eat if you just read the Bible, right? He just said you don't have to live by bread alone. Essentially what he's saying is, listen, you need bread, you need other basic things, but just not enough. See, bread and those other basic things, they will keep you alive. But if you actually want to live, if you actually want to experience life to the full, the best way comes when you dive into God's word. The Bible is more available to you and I today than it's ever been in the history of the world. So WWYD comes to reading your Bible. Try this. Just read five more minutes than you're presently reading. So if it's zero, just five more minutes. 
wherever you're at, five more minutes. If you read five more minutes every day than you're currently reading, you would read over 30 additional hours this next week of the Bible, or this next year of the Bible. So don't start some crazy goal that you're never going to hit. Like, don't even be like, this year I'm reading through the whole Bible. If you're not reading the Bible at all, don't set yourself up for failure. Five minutes. That's attainable for everyone. And you can read it on your phone, you can read it on your computer, you can read a hard copy. doesn't matter. I'd encourage you, pick the New Living Translation or the NIV or the New International Version or the New American Standard. If you don't know what I just said, talk to me after. I'll tell you what those are. But they're the cleanest, easiest ways for you to kind of capture it. And once you do that, one of the best ways for you to get it to soak into your head, pick a book, read it over and over and over for the next month. Stick around in the New Testament, John or Galatians or Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, great places to start. And each day when you sit down, read for five minutes and read as much as you can in five minutes. Put a bookmark in there, next day pick it up, same place, just keep reading. When you get to the end of that book, start again. For a month, just read through it, start again. 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 And all of a sudden, as you're going through your day, you start to have all of these words that you've been reading over and over again. They start rolling around in your head. And all of a sudden, God starts speaking to you about the things that you've over and around. Because now they're a part of you. And now suddenly, the word of God that's alive and well has taken residency in your head and your heart. And now God's like, hey, remember that one part you read? And read and read and read and read. So what would you do? When it comes to pray or reading your Bible each day. And here's the last WWYD. And most of us would say, oh, this is a good one. But most of us will struggle to make it happen. So what would you do if the challenge was to slow down your life? Consider just for a second about what about your life you actually enjoy. And how you handle the situations that you enjoy. We don't typically rush through them. The things that we enjoy most, we try and slow them down. So we can gain the full experience. For real quick Think about the things that you try and do quickly. We try to change a stinky diaper quickly. <laughs> right? Get in, get out. Nobody gets hurt. We try and take our cough medicine as quickly as possible. Right? Bam, down. If we're in our car and trying to get to the house and it's raining, we try and get in quickly. If you're going to remove a Band-Aid, how do we do it? Right? You scream once, scream quick. Why do we do it that way? Why do we do those things quickly? Because they're miserable. And so if you live your life in a fast speed, you're just going to miss out. You're just essentially treating it like it's miserable and uncomfortable. Like you want it to be over soon. Like you want to move on. Don't do that to the good parts of your life. Slow down. Create some margin. Create some room so that you can enjoy life. Here's what's really encouraging to me. Jesus found himself in a situation where he would go fast. So he decided to slow down. This is what he says in the book of Mark. It says, so then Jesus said, and he's talking to his disciples. He's like, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest for a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. I love that he keeps coming back to eating. <laughs> so good. He's like, man, we are doing so much good stuff. We're so busy. We're doing so much good stuff for so many people. We don't even have time to eat. We got to slow down, guys. Got to slow down. He's like, we're spending so much time doing good things. People, if we don't take some time to just slow down, we're going to wear ourselves out. We're not going to be able to do anything good anymore. 
So Jesus is like, let's just step away for a bit. Let's just slow down. Let's just catch our breath. And for these guys, when they would eat, eating was an experience. It wasn't just about getting in food. It was about time together. It was about the event of the meal. And so as you look at your life and the pace of 2017, WWYG, be able to slow down just a little bit. Probably the hardest step, but the necessary step for most of us is to choose something to give up or do less. We're so busy, but, but usually there's something. Usually there's something in each of our lives that we could look at and we could probably do less of it or not do it anymore and it would open up some time. It could be a hobby, it could be a habit, it could be a luxury, it could be a place you go, it could be a thing you watch, whatever. Whatever it could be. If you could find one thing that you do consistently that you could stop doing and open up an extra hour of your day, what kind of a difference would that make in your life? And don't fill it back up, just let everything else kind of slow down a little bit. But maybe you're in a situation right now where you're like, man, everything that I'm a part of, all of my commitments, all of my obligations, there's no way I can step out right now. There's no way I can stop them. So let me just encourage you to try three things. Three things to just slow your life down just a little bit. You're going to think I'm ridiculous, but try these for just a little bit and see if they help your life at all. Try these things. Pick the long line. Pick the furthest parking space and leave early. Not from church, but... Think about the grocery store. We're, we're all in a rush to get out, right? So we're s- constantly trying to pick the fast line. Which is the fast line? If you're like me, we all get it wrong. So just pick the long one. Like, well, that's the longest one. That lady looks like she's got coupons and five kids, right? Go. <laughs> or whatever. He's returning something. Get in that line. Get in that line. And then just daydream. Put your phone away and just chill in the long line. Just slow your life down a little bit. Nobody's going to argue, like, what were you doing? You were wasting time. And I got in the long line. You don't have to tell them you picked it. Pick the furthest parking parking spot. What in the world? Pick the furthest parking spot. Pull in. They'll be open. Right? Park there. Create a little bit of a walk for yourself. A little exercise. Breathe in the fresh air. Look around. There might be some birds that are flying. Enjoy some kids that are laughing. Whatever. Take that little walk. Allow it to be a moment where you just only thing you got to do, get in the building. Take your time. After you've stood in the long line, kind of chilled, and wa- enjoy the walk out. Then lastly, leave early. Arrive for the things that you need to be at before they start. Rather than trying to squeeze every last moment of the thing that you're in right now, and like, okay, then Go! Right? Because we don't shut it down early enough on the way to wherever it is that we're going, that we're scrambling to get to. We've got to get through every light. Ah, green light, go! Does this one have a camera? I don't remember. <laughs> oh, I think I saw the flash. No! Right? And now we're mad about that. And then we get behind a slow driver and we're like, why is he going so slow? And then we get wherever we're going and we're like, oh, I'm so glad to be here. <laughs> right? But what if you just got there early? You can show up wherever you're going, calm, not stressed out, with a renewed mindset. You're just like, yeah, I'm here. I'm coming. And if you show up early, you got another opportunity to just chill for a little bit. So what would you do with a brand new year? What if you just took one of these four areas? What if you took 
a little piece of each of those. I, I don't care. What would it be? And over the next weeks, again, we're going we're gonna to challenge you some, in some different areas. But for this morning, what would you do? Read your Bible a little bit more consistently. Slow down your life. Trust Jesus more with your giving. We're going to try something different over the next couple of weeks. We've created a board in the back over there, and you can see it. It says WWYD 2017. And our challenge for you is in this last song. As, you're, as God is speaking to you, would you just go over there, some pens, and there's some little pieces of paper. Write it, write it down. What is it that you plan to do? What is it that you plan to not do? You don't need to sign it. You just write your name or write whatever it is on there and make it simple. There's some thumbtacks. Press it into the cork board. And the really cool thing about it is, over time, whatever it is that you write gets to be an encouragement to others. Somebody else gets to come up and say, man, I'm struggling with prayer. Oh, okay, I'm not the only one. Oh, look at that. Somebody else is trying to slow down. Not the only one. So the things that you write can be an encouragement to the others, and the things that other people write can be an encouragement to you. We'll fill up that board over the next couple. And during this last song, you're free to move around and go do that if you want. And then there in the back, you guys remember the great theme in the 90s? Everybody had their WWJD bracelet. We got a bunch of WWYD bracelets for you. Stick that in there, or thumbtack it to the board, grab yourself a bracelet, and over the next couple of weeks, as you're going through life and you bump that thing, just remind, oh, yeah, 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 that's what God put on my heart. That's what he's challenged me to do. So what would you do in 2017? On the Connect cards each week, again, we just challenge you to think through what is it that God is calling you to do? What is Jesus challenging you to do? So... Maybe your next step is to identify one area that you'll fo- uh, one area that you'll focus on for 2017. Maybe your next step is to pick sh- pick an option from those listed in the message notes. All those different about set a time to pray, or pick a Bible, a part of the Bible to read through, or pick the long line when you go to the store. Maybe your next step is to write your plan on one of the note cards, and add it to the WWYD wall. And maybe you just need to tell somebody about your plan. Tell somebody that can help you hold you accountable. Say, hey, aren't we going to do this? And explain the bracelet if somebody asks. So what would it be for you? What is it that Jesus is saying to you this morning about what he would call you to do to make 2017 a better year? The band's going to play one last song. Would you pray with me as they come? Jesus, thank you so much for our time together and that we have the privilege of starting off this new year in church, celebrating who you are and what it is that you want to do in our lives. And Jesus, as we think about this new year, would you help us to really wrestle with the question of what would you do? What would you have each of us do? What is it that you're calling us to? Would you help us to take the simple steps but be content with them? Continue to remind us each day of the, of the decisions that we've made this morning. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so it's going to get a little